Oh, we love you, Lord. May our hearts and our minds be open to receive from you this morning. We thank you for your word. Your word is true. It is a lamp unto my feet and a light for my path. So, Lord, we ask that you would be with us. Speak to us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. So last week, we began a new series called Holy Spirit. And, um, you know, even before I get into this talk this morning, I just want to address something. I think it's important that we address this this morning, or just, just before I get into this talk. You know, often when we think about the Holy Spirit, we, we think of the famous passage in Acts chapter 2. And if you remember my sermon last week, I read from Acts chapter 2 from verse 1 to 39. <laughs> it was a long passage. Um, and that's the famous passage where the Holy Spirit came upon the disciples and something happened. Something magnificent happened. And um, they began to speak in tongues. They began to be empowered by the Holy Spirit to do the works of the ministry. And if you look at the, in fact, if you look at the book of Acts as a whole, it's really all about the empowering work of the Holy Spirit. They call it the Acts of the Apostles, but in some ways, I think it, maybe it should be called the Acts of the Holy Spirit because it's all about a Spirit-empowered life upon the disciples. And, and so when we think of the Holy Spirit, we think about the gifts or the works, the ministry. And it's, like I mentioned this last week, it's such a small part of the totality of what it means to live a spirit-empowered life, right? Of course, the book of Acts talks about Peter, Paul, Philip, and others, and how they just, uh, they were one way before the Holy Spirit, and then a completely different way afterwards. We see this transformation, and, and it's awesome. And, and don't get me wrong, the gifts of the Spirit are absolutely important. We believe in the gifts of the Spirit here at, at Trinity, in the full operation of all the, all the gifts of the Spirit, um, we, we seek uh, the Holy Spirit's presence. We seek the ministry of the Holy Spirit here to be empowered. Um, but again, that is such a small portion of uh, like a, a, the totality of what it means to live a Spirit-empowered life. And um, it is foundational for us, I believe, as a church, to know who the Holy Spirit is and what the Holy Spirit does um, and, and, and because I think typically um, in the church today, the Holy Spirit has been misunderstood, ignored even, and sometimes even pushed aside. Um, and I believe that is so unfortunate because I think for the most part, if you attend some form of evangelical church, they would have in their statement that they believe in the Holy Spirit, that they believe that God is eternally existent in three persons. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They would say that. Um, they would definitely say it's a part of their doctrinal statements. But like I said last week, it's one thing to say you believe something. It's one thing to say it. It's a completely different thing to act upon that faith statement. The two go hand in hand. In fact, from a biblical standpoint, there is no division between doctrinal statement and practical application. The two go together. In other words, one's belief is directly related to one's practice. You practice what you believe. 
And so my question becomes, do we really believe in the Holy Spirit? Do we really believe in the person of the Holy Spirit? Do we really believe that the Holy Spirit is God? Do we really believe that the Holy Spirit is among us and wants to empower us for ministry? Not just the person up at the front at the pulpit, but every single one of us. Do we really believe that? And these are all questions that I'm hoping to address in this series. And today I want to talk about the person of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a person. It's a, is a person. Not an it, a person. The Holy Spirit is a person. And I'm going to first talk about why this is important. And then what the practical implications are for our belief in the Holy Spirit as a person. Okay. So first, the Holy Spirit's a person, but not a person like you and I. That he isn't flesh and blood. The Holy Spirit is a spirit. And that can be perhaps the main source of our confusion to some extent because the Holy Spirit isn't like you and I. And there are several different images in the scriptures that talk about what the Holy Spirit is like. For instance... The Holy Spirit is like a dove. Matthew 3.16 says this. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water and behold, the heavens were opened to him and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And so the Holy Spirit has been likened to be like a dove. Also, the Holy Spirit is like water. John 4, 13 to 14 said, Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And in John chapter 7, Jesus expands on what he was saying. And he says this in verse 37. And on the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the Spirit had not been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. And so the the Holy Spirit has been... um, An image to describe the Holy Spirit has been water. And of course, the Holy Spirit is like the wind as well. Now, it's interesting, the word spirit in Greek, the original language that the New Testament was written in, in Greek, the word for spirit is pneuma, which means, it also means wind. Okay, so the word spirit in Greek also means wind. Acts chapter 2 verse 2 says, And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Okay, so he's been uh, likened to be like a dove, water, wind. And so these images of the Holy Spirit, I mean, they're important. And as important as they are, in some ways they can misguide our understanding of the personhood of the Holy Spirit. In some ways, they can contribute to our thinking that the Holy Spirit is an impersonal force like wind. Now, if you, now, actually, the Jehovah's Witnesses teach this. They don't believe in the person of the Holy Spirit. In fact, they say one of their statements, one of their teachings on the Holy Spirit is that the Holy Spirit is a force that is projected onto the earth by God. 
He's not a person, that he's not God even. It's God's force. And, and that thinking, actually, it's not unique to the Jehovah's Witnesses. In some ways, it creeps into the Christian church as well. And that's a grave misunderstanding. And, and, and actually, those, again, back to the images, the image of wind and water and dove and so on, um, these are impersonal things. And so they can have the effect of contributing to our understanding that the Holy Spirit is just a force. Right? But we use those sorts of inag- images to describe people as well. Right? She sings like a dove. He runs like the wind and so on. They are describing attributes of a person. Now the Bible also speaks directly to the Holy Spirit's personhood. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit has a mind. Romans 8.27 The Bible says that the Holy Spirit has emotions. 1 Corinthians 12.11 That the Holy Spirit comforts. Acts 9.31. The Holy Spirit can be resisted, Acts 7.51. And the Holy Spirit can be lied to. All these attributes, and there's many more in the scriptures, define the Holy Spirit as a divine person rather than a divine entity. Right? Because a person has a mind. A person has emotions. And the Holy Spirit can be welcomed or rejected. The Holy Spirit can be loved or resisted. The Holy Spirit can be praised or ignored. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is a person. Is a person. So why is it important for us to understand that the Holy Spirit is a person rather than an entity or a force? Now this, this is key. Okay, what I'm about to say right now, if you're going to take one point home this morning from this message, this is the point. Okay, this is the point. I want to encourage you, if you have a pen and a paper, write this down. If you want to text it to yourself, if you, I don't know how you, how you do that, but anyway, you could tweet it, Facebook it, whatever you need to do. This is the point, and I just pray that this would be a revelation to each and every one of us. When I found this, it was like a light bulb. It was a revelation. If the Holy Spirit is a divine force, it is something we will need to obtain more of. If the Holy Spirit is a divine person, we are the ones he obtains more of. Let me say that again. If the Holy Spirit is a divine force, it is something we will need to obtain more of. If the Holy Spirit is a divine person, we are the ones that he obtains more of. In other words, if the Holy Spirit is a force, then our lives will be all about obtaining more of that force. I need to do this to get more of that force. I need to do that. I need to do these things in order for me to receive more of that force. But that's not how it works. In fact, Paul says in Ephesians 1 that we have been given every spiritual blessing in Christ in the heavenly places. And when Paul was saying that, he was talking about the Holy Spirit. He was talking about the Holy Spirit. In fact, he goes on in that same chapter in Ephesians 1 to say that we have been sealed with the Holy Spirit. Okay? We have been sealed with the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit. The question is, does the Holy Spirit have us? Do we live our lives surrendered to the Holy Spirit? Or do we live our lives to please our own wills and our own comforts? I'm going to pull a Bill Johnson right now. 
That was a good point, man. Wow. Okay. It really is. That was a revelation when I, when I, when I learned this. If the Holy Spirit is a person, then he gets more of us. That's what's happening. The more surrendered we are to the Holy Spirit, the more we will see his presence in our lives. The more we commune with the Holy Spirit, the more we will hear his voice. The more we will seek to know the Spirit, the more we will understand his heart. This was a couple years ago. I was at a church in Steinbach, Manitoba. Um, destination location of Steinbach, Manitoba. And uh, there's a a huge church there called Southland Church. And um, I was attending a conference there, and they have a prayer summit um, where 1,500 people come uh, to pray during the week. It's a midweek prayer service, 1,500 people prayer meeting, of which there are um, kids as, I think, early as grade five or six, um, all the way to seniors, all in one place, praying together. And it's a <laughs> powerful, powerful experience. And so I was in this prayer meeting, and um, just as I was meditating, all of a sudden a thought came into my mind, and it was to pray for this person um, who had been a part of my circle of friends uh, a few years earlier. Um, I believe the Lord was calling me to pray for him. Now, here's the thing about this person that God called me to pray for him. I was offended by this person. I mean, deeply. And every time I thought of him, I would feel this, ugh. Do you know what I'm talking about? There's just some people that you just, when you cross paths with them, you're like, ugh. You get this, ugh. And of course, that's not right. But I had that, okay? And so when that person came to my mind, I'm like, what? I don't even want to. You know, there's times where you feel like you really need to pray for someone. Well, this was the totally opposite of that. I was like, I don't don't even want to do this. And and the Lord was saying to me, I want you to pray for him for 30 days. I'm like, what? 30 days? Oh, it had to be God because I was not comfortable with that. I didn't really want to do that. I'm like, okay, but I surrender, Lord, right? And so I, I wrote that in my journal. I'm going to pray for this guy. And trust me, it, it, was, it was a deep offense. I will tell you this, though. I, I learned a lot from this experience. But I started to pray. And I'll be honest with you, I didn't pray every day for the 30 days. Uh, I tried to. Whenever I remembered to, I would pray. Um, because I actually heard that he had walked away from the Lord. And so that gave me some context to pray uh, for this guy. And so 30 days pass. And um, I kind of forgot about it. And... This one weekend, um, all of a sudden, my mother-in-law calls and says, hey, do you want to date night with your wife tonight? I'm like, what? You never do that. <laughs> I'm just, she's great. She's a great person. But uh, rarely, if ever, does she initiate that conversation. Um, but she brought that up. And she's like, hey, I'll, I'll watch your kids. You, you and Allie should go on a date night. I was like, Really? awesome. And so that evening, it was a Saturday evening, it just so happened to be Waterloo Region Worship. And I was like, you know, Allie, let's go to the Waterloo Region Worship. She said, okay, yeah, that'd be cool. And it was held in a church in Cambridge. And so this was a last minute thing. And so when we decided to go, uh, we were already going to be maybe five or ten minutes late. Well, we ended up being like half an hour late. 
Uh, but we decided to go anyways. We get there, and it's packed. Uh, it was at Forward uh, Church in Cambridge, and it's a big church if you've ever been there. Uh, very big church. And we walk in, we're like, there's nowhere to sit. I was like, wow, unbelievable. And we walk in a bit and notice that there was a balcony. I said, like, okay, well, we'll go up there, I guess. And we go up to the balcony, and it's almost packed as well. So I'm like, wow, this is it was great to see that many people come together and worship, but man, there's like nowhere to sit. And so we look around, there's some pews at the back of the uh, balcony, and so we had to go there. So we're there, and we're just worshiping. And I don't know about you, when, when I'm in that place of worship, I'm lost. I get lost in worship, and just, it was powerful, you know, worshiping the Lord and hearing uh, the saints from all different churches in Waterloo Region. It's a special, special event. And uh, I was just lost in worship. And all of a sudden, uh, it was like something broke my uh, worship, okay? I believe it was the Holy Spirit when I look back. And uh, I just kind of snapped out of the, that place of worship. And my head turned like this towards the side. And two rows in front is the guy that I've been praying for for 30 days. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. That is incredible. What are the chances? What are the chances? I mean, it was a date night. We could have gone out for dinner. <laughs> we went to a worship event, which of course it was great. But of all the things, we're going to go to worship night. And it's just, we just knew, yep, we, wanted, we really wanted to do that. And then we go, and there's no other seat except this seat in the balcony. And then... <laughs> Two seats in front is this guy. And uh, after the whole worship event, I went up to him and I was like, hey, how's it going? It's been a long time. He's like, yeah, it's been so long. Can we meet for coffee? And I was like, oh, boy. <laughs> okay, sure. And so we met. And let me tell you, that uh, was completely gone, completely gone. And I just had love for my brother. And continue to pray for him. And it was amazing. And the Lord began to show me things about rejection. And, and, and it wasn't his fault. But I perceived something that he did as rejection. And that deeply offended me and hurt me. But I had to work on rejection myself. And the Lord is continuing to work on me in those areas. And so just good came about of all this. And if I hadn't to listen to the Holy Spirit back at Southland Church, I don't know if this would have happened. You know, I've learned so many valuable lessons about what it means to commune with the Holy Spirit, to listen to his leading, and then to see him move in my life. It was absolutely amazing. Amazing. It's important for us to know that the Holy Spirit is with us. And so today I want to share three practical implications for knowing the person of the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit is a person. And the first one is this, that you are never alone. Because the Holy Spirit is a person, you are never alone. We were created for relationship. We were created for relationship with God. John 14 says this in verse 16 to 18, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, to be with you forever. To be with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. 
You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. The disciples were distressed when Jesus was saying, I'm going to go away. They're like, what are you talking about, Jesus? Where are you going to go? They were distressed. Maybe they felt some feelings of rejection, like maybe what I was talking about. Maybe. But then Jesus says, listen, I'm not going to leave you. I'm with you always. God's going to send another helper, his Holy Spirit, to be with you, to dwell with you, and to be in you. I'm not going to leave you as orphans. You are never alone. We are never alone. God is always with us through his Spirit. Number two, you can depend on him because he is a person. You can depend on him. Jesus was dependent on his relationship with the Holy Spirit. In Luke chapter 2, Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit. In Luke chapter 3, he was baptized, filled, and empowered by the Holy Spirit. And in Luke chapter 4, it says he was led by the Spirit. Jesus was dependent on the Holy Spirit. How much more do you think we will depend on the Holy Spirit in our lives? Absolutely. He is our teacher. He is our counselor. He is our guide. We need to depend on him. John 14, 26 says this, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. We can depend on him because he's a person. He's God. And finally, number three, you can trust, you can talk to him and he will respond. You know, a lot of us, when we talk about prayer, um, Maybe some of us have not known that actually when we pray to God, God also talks back. (laughs) And that's an area that at Trinity we are growing in. Uh, We hold Hearing God seminars. In fact, I think we've had four or five of them so far. And a number of you have taken the Hearing God seminar. I'm hoping to launch it in January again. Um, But it's absolutely uh, important for us to know that um, our relationship with God involves communicating to him, but also hearing from him. And it's one of the most exciting aspects of the Christian life, communing with God, talking to God, hearing from God. It's so exciting. He guides us, encourages us, leads us, convicts us. He comforts us. And you know, one of the things that I found in my years of ministry here at Trinity, one of the coolest ways that the Lord speaks to us, that the Holy Spirit speaks to us, is through community. Just like this morning uh, when we were praying for April and just the words that were given and um, the word on failure. I mean, that, that was right on, you know. And, and God speaks to us through one another. And um, it's amazing when this happens. And I just want to say our Wednesday night prayer meetings, I, I, I want to encourage you to check out at least one. Just come out to one. We gather together each and every week, 6.30 in the prayer portable, And we start off with a little bit of worship. And it's all about, Lord, what do you want to do today? We want to hear from you. We want you to minister to your people. And God speaks. It's so cool. It's so cool. And I want to share with you this one story that happened a few years ago. Um, And stories like this happen a lot, actually. There's no two Wednesdays that are the same. Uh, We always have a different, unique thing happen on our Wednesday night prayer meetings. But this one particular Wednesday was really interesting. Uh, This young man comes in. um, 
he knew uh, one of the young adults at our church. His name was Hunter. His name's Hunter. Uh, many of us know Hunter. He, um, at one point, he was just this like fiery evangelist, and he would go to the streets of Kitchener and talk to everyone about Jesus, the drug addicts, the gangsters, and all that. And one of these um, hardcore-looking street kids uh, from Kitchener walks into our prayer meeting with his girlfriend. We're like, wow. How'd you hear about this? And he came all the way to Waterloo, right? How did you hear about us? And he's like, oh, Hunter told me to come here. I was like, oh, okay. It made sense. We're like, oh, yeah, that happens periodically. Hunter wasn't there, but um, his friend and his girlfriend were there. And so we're like, oh, that's awesome. Let's, uh, let's pray. Can we pray for you? Yeah, absolutely. And so we just sit and we're just silent before the Lord. And uh, sure enough, one by one, people get words or scripture verse. Or, you know, something about his past. Something about what he's struggling with. And his eyes were like this, like just bulging. And then we prayed for his girlfriend. And the same thing. And she went, how do you know me? How do you know me? And it's like, we don't know you. God knows you. God knows everything about you. And he loves you. And it was just this moment where they're like, we've never experienced anything like this. Wow. And they they went away just dumbfounded almost just like wow what just happened how did they know that and they you know it was amazing so we continued to pray for them and um one day i was in i was at kitchener and i saw that young man and i was at queen street commons it's a place where i like to go to um to do some to do uh my sermon preps and so on i need noise uh to work i don't know that's just the way i am i guess and uh, i like interruptions and so at Queen Street Commons, it happens quite often. People come up to me, hey, Pastor James. And then I'm like, yeah, sit down, let's, let's chat. And so I love that. And uh, I was at Queen Street Commons, and there, there he was. And so he came, and he sat down. He's like, hey. And he, he, he had his bulgy eyes, and he was like, can you pray for me again? <laughs> sure, man. And so I prayed for him, and it was just, yeah, just a blessing to be able to do that. And that was a few years ago. I haven't seen him or heard from him since until a couple weeks ago. Um, and now I knew that he was uh, having troubles with addictions, uh, like a lot of people uh, downtown, the street kids downtown, a lot of them, a lot of them uh, have that issue. And, uh, you know, for me, coming out of that kind of a lifestyle, um, I have a lot of compassion for them. And so, um, you know, I've been periodically praying for him and his girlfriend. And two weeks ago, I was just, I bumped into a friend downtown Kitchener, and we got chatting about evangelism and different things, and he mentions this guy. Um, and I was like, oh, yeah, I, I know him. How's he doing? Oh, he's like, oh, he gave his life fully to the Lord. And he's been baptized, and he goes to church every Sunday, and he's on fire for Jesus. And I was like, oh, praise the Lord. You know, that is so amazing when you see God working like that, right? And, 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 I, and I'm, I'm saying this to you because, listen, 
God uses us here at Trinity. It's amazing the reach that we have. We may not know it. We may not see it all the time, but sometimes we do. And like this young man who, when he came, he had no idea what he was coming to. But the Holy Spirit had an appointment for him. He had a destiny for him. And it started here. Well, I think it started before that, but it it just, it did, God did something really unique here. And it brought him on this path to finally getting him to that place where he said yes to Jesus, Jesus is Lord. I surrender my life to Jesus. And it's amazing to see that. And it's amazing to see the Holy Spirit work in that kind of way, in that capacity in us. That's amazing. And we have that because the Holy Spirit walks with us. He's a person. Walks with us, talks with us, shows us what we need to do, what we need to say, what we need to pray. It's exciting. It's so exciting seeing this happen. I believe we're going to see this happen even more. And more as we continue to seek his will, as we continue to say, come Lord Jesus, come, come Holy Spirit, come, have your way. The Holy Spirit is a divine person, God with us. You see, Emmanuel is still Emmanuel, not only at Christmas time, okay? We sing that name at Christmas, he's Emmanuel all the time, God with us every time. Amen? Amen, amen. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your presence. We thank you that you are here with us, that you never leave us, you don't forsake us. And Lord, you have so much in store for us. We want to be surrendered to you and to the things that you have in store for our lives, individually here and collectively as a church as Trinity Church, but also as the Church of Waterloo Region, also as a part of the body of Christ in this nation and all across this world, the kingdom of God that you are establishing on earth as it is in heaven. God, we want to be a part of what you're doing. And Lord, it is dark in this world right now. But the greater the darkness, the greater the light. And we want to be your light, your salt, and your light for this region, for this nation, for to the ends of the earth. And that means we need to be able to walk with you, to commune with you, to be surrendered to you. And so, Lord, I just want to say, as the pastor of this church, I surrender to you, to your leading, to your guidance. Let every hindrance be broken down now so that you can have full reign, your rule your reign, your way, all the way. We make that declaration this morning. We love you, God. Have your way in us. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Amen, amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful week.